Welcome to SNC's Critical Insights. I'm Annie Ostrager, a partner in the firm's litigation group, one of the co-heads of our labor and employment group, and a member of our criminal defense and investigations group. With me today is my partner, Camille Shields, who's also a member of the firm's criminal defense and investigations group. We both focus on whistleblower litigation and investigations, and back in the summer of 2021, we shared a two-part series on whistleblower programs established under the Anti-Money Laundering Act of 2020 and protections for whistleblowers of non-U.S. clients. We're back today to provide an update on recent whistleblower enforcement actions in the U.S. under the False Claims Act. We'll begin by discussing a flurry of press releases DOJ published last month relating to whistleblowing under the False Claims Act key TAM provision. Then we'll discuss a case currently before the Supreme Court relating to that provision. Hi, Annie. Yes, it's wonderful to be back with you at the start of the new year to talk about recent activity relating to whistleblowers under the key TAM provision of the False Claims Act, or FCA. I'll dive in with a quick summary of the FCA which provides a vehicle for actions against companies or persons who perpetrate fraud against the government. The FCA includes a key TAM provision, which permits private citizens with knowledge of such a fraud to file suit on behalf of the government. A person with, quote, original information of fraud that, quote, resulted in a financial loss to the federal government may receive a portion of the recovery if his or her information, quote, resulted in a successful prosecution. Under the FCA, the whistleblower, also known as the relator, may receive between 15 to 30 percent of any recovery. That's right, Camille. And the government doesn't intervene in every one of these actions. They're usually discerning in the ones that they elect to intervene in. But when they do, these can be significant awards. And in December of last year, the DOJ published six press releases referencing a whistleblower under the key TAM provision of the FCA, which underscores the importance of voluntary self-disclosure. Yes, and indeed, key TAM suits breed many criminal prosecutions and potential debarment from government business, which obviously would be a death penalty sanction for many companies that do such government business. Right. And of the six FCA KETAM press releases published by DOJ at the end of last year, five were in the healthcare space, which is an active area for KETAM litigation and enforcement actions. The final one related to mortgage underwriting. Yes, and we're likely to see more of that given what's going on in the market right now. Agreed. And the whistleblower in that action received an award of over $11.5 million. Camille, do you think this heightened activity is likely to continue? I do, Annie. I think the FCA is being viewed as a powerful enforcement tool in this administration and that DOJ and its partner agencies are going to be really ramping up their enforcement actions in this space. I agree. And the Biden DOJ has been focused on pursuing an aggressive FCA program across healthcare, defense industries, and other government contractors. Yes, and DOJ also has its antitrust task force related to government procurement, which adds to the landscape on this topic. And now with that background in mind, let's turn to a relevant case that the Supreme Court heard early last month. 
Sure. As we mentioned, under the key TAM provision of the FCA, once the relator has filed suit, the government may elect to intervene. If it does so and wins, the relator may receive up to 25% of the government's award. However, should the government decide not to intervene, the relator may continue to pursue the claim and in the event of recovery, may receive up to 30% of the award. Last month, the Supreme Court heard arguments on whether the government can decline to intervene in a whistleblower's key TAM action and then seek dismissal of the action. Under 31 U.S.C. Section 3730, the government may dismiss the action, notwithstanding the objections of the person initiating the action, if the person has been notified by the government of the filing of the motion and the court has provided the person with an opportunity for a hearing on the motion. Annie, the case that teed this issue up is United States XREL Jesse Polanski versus Executive Health Resources, Inc. The relator, Jesse Polanski, filed an FCA key TAM action in 2012 against Executive Health Resources, Inc., which he alleged that the company committed Medicare fraud by improperly billing Medicare for higher inpatient rates for outpatient services. In 2019, after originally declining to proceed, the government moved to dismiss the action and the Eastern District of Pennsylvania granted the motion. The Third Circuit then affirmed that dismissal. Polanski argued that the government could not dismiss at that stage in the proceedings. The Supreme Court heard oral argument on December 6, 2022, on the issue of whether the government has the authority to dismiss a False Claims Act suit after initially declining to proceed with the action, and what standard applies if the government indeed has that authority. As characterized in Petitioner Polanski's brief, the courts are sharply divided over whether and when the government can invoke this authority and dismiss a relator's FCA case after initially declining to take over the action. It's an interesting legal question. Polanski framed the issue as a division within the circuits splitting at least four ways with inconsistencies among the sister circuits as to what standard applies when the government seeks to dismiss under 3730, and he characterized the issue as one with enormous financial stakes for himself and future key TAM litigants. Polanski argued in his cert petition that the courts of appeals have repeatedly recognized the conflict, rejected each other's positions, and ultimately fractured along multiple lines. The government conceded in its brief to the Supreme Court that differences do exist among the circuits with respect to the standard to apply when the government seeks to dismiss under 3730, framed these differences as modest and noted that they should rarely, if ever, be outcome determinative and the petitioner's own suit would be dismissed under any court of appeals standard. The Solicitor General cited several reasons that the government had filed a motion to dismiss the action in 2019. The tremendous ongoing burden on the government if the litigation continued, the need to protect privileged information, the government's doubts about the petitioner's ability to prove an FCA violation, and concerns about Polanski's credibility, including those arising from litigation conduct for which the district court had already sanctioned Mr. Polanski. Mr. Polanski, on the other hand, argued that the government lacks the statutory authority to dismiss a false claims act case after declining to proceed with the action, and that conclusion follows directly from the False Claims Act plain text, structure, history, and purpose, 
and it called for the Supreme Court to reverse the Third Circuit's judgment affirming dismissal. And the case could have an impact on whether relators are likely to move forward with complaints in the event that the government does not initially intervene. When this decision comes down, we'll plan to discuss its implications on a future episode of Critical Insights. Definitely looking forward to that. And notably, last week, the Supreme Court added a second FCA case to its docket this term. The court will hear argument on two consolidated cases, which both come from the Seventh Circuit. The issue in these cases is the appropriate standard for scienter or knowledge. And we can discuss the implications of that case or cases in a future episode. The court's ruling on scienter may have ramifications for other whistleblower cases, but also more broadly. So it'll be an interesting case to watch. And with that, Annie, I think we can wrap it up. And I'll note that December marked a month full of activity in the space. The DOJ displayed continued interest in using the SCA to crack down on healthcare fraud. TTAM relators earn large sums of money for their roles in providing information to the government. And United States XRL Jesse Polanski versus Executive Health Resources Inc. will be an important case to monitor, as well as additional cases that are going to be heard by the court. Thanks, Camille. Agreed. And employers who rely on government contracts as an important part of their business should remain up to date on the latest federal and state requirements for government contractors, treat seriously claims brought by internal whistleblowers, and seek advice when faced with a potential KETAM suit. The KETAM provision of the FCA remains an important tool for prosecutors to encourage whistleblowers to come forward, and it remains equally important for clients to understand the tapestry of whistleblower laws to which they may be subject. Thank you for listening to SNC Critical Insights. For more information about our practice, please visit us on the web at www.sulcrom.com. Mm-hmm.